I like the good news. If you've never been along to the healing center, um, do. It amazes me how many people are sick in Eastgate but actually don't access the healing center. Seems a bit daft to me, but there you go. But it's here every first and third of the month. And uh, it is, I just love, love the stories that's coming out. I love the story of what happened with Kath. And um, it's, it makes you think, doesn't it? Why does somebody get their hearing for three quarters of an hour and then not? It makes me think. It should make us think. Um, so, you know, I heard the story earlier this week. And then, so I've been praying about it. It was similar to a story I remember of um, when somebody came to the healing center, a man who had dementia, um, and while he was in Eastgate, he didn't have dementia. He was in his right mind. Um, but once he left, he, 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 his dementia returned. And, you know, you think, well, what's going on there? And so I've been praying quite a lot about that over the last few months. And just feel I was, God reminded me then in uh, June 2010, he, he, uh, we had a prophecy from a, a man called James Maloney who was visiting us. And he said that... That God was giving us a, an opportunity to create a portal of heaven on earth, and uh, now there's a sort of concept where, where actually the, the, the manifest presence of God uh, is so evident that, that heaven will be expressed on earth in, in a specific area, and you can see that in, in uh, the past in, in church history, somewhere like Azusa Street, for instance, in, in the early 1900s. Um, the place in, in Los Angeles where the manifest presence of God was so, so thick and present that people would come in. If they walked into the building, their, their cancerous tumors would just drop off their bodies. And they'd have somebody, uh, a number of people who had the job of taking the buckets around to collect the tumors that, that have fallen off people's bodies. Now, that appeals to me as a doctor. I like that. You know, I, can, I can deal with that. I, 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 it's, it's much better than surgery, I can assure you. Um, some of you are going, oh, that's gross. Yeah, it's gross, but it's wonderful. You know, that, that sense. And what, what interested me about it was that, the, that um, it was about, I think it's just under a mile from a train station where people would come literally from all around the world to visit this place. Now, this is in the early 1900s when you're not, not talking air travel. You're talking people taking probably months to get, get to this place. And as they arrived at the train station, so think about Ebbsfleet Station of there, that as they arrived, as they got off the trains, the power of God would hit them just on the train station and they would fall out under the power of God, get healed and saved and set free before they ever got anywhere near the building. Now that's what I talk about. Now, now, so I'm, I'm, this makes me determined to make sure that, that we spread further. I like, it, I like the fact it's happening here, but I'd, I'd, I'd like Kath to keep her hearing. Yeah? You know, that's my heart. Now, I know God can do it because we celebrate what that, that three-course now, and it's precious. Because this is key. If you're faithful with a little, he's going to give you more. Okay, if you're faithful with those testimonies, because you, you could take that testimony and say, well, that wasn't very good. She only had it for three-course of an hour. Or you go, wow, she had a, test, she had a hearing. Do you understand? There's, there's two ways that you can process that. Said, well, what, well, well, what happened afterwards? You could concentrate on the what happened afterwards or you could concentrate on the three quarters of an hour because it gives you an opportunity for more. How, how you process that is really important. How, how you build something here. Um, and so I've been praying a lot about that and uh, I want to talk to you to, today about um, faithfulness. Um, now, faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit and we're going to look at that. Um, um, there's a part of this building that is... is, is 
are more specially designed than any other part of this building. Um, and uh, it's actually evident in front of you right now. Um, it's actually just here. Um, now, have anybody got any idea why this part of the building is slightly more specially designed than any other part of the building? It's designed that because we anticipated that we would need baptisms in this building. And we planned for it. We knew plans that we wanted to happen. We wanted to see people being born again and baptized. But in order for that to, to sit there, it has to carry, the building has to carry the weight of it. Um, so that's fact, this part of the building is specially strengthened. You can't see it, can you? You wouldn't know it. And most weeks, it's not, not that evident. But actually, when a point comes, see, we're really glad that that's not falling through into the kitchen. But in order to ensure that didn't happen, we had to make sure that this bit of the building is, is specifically strengthened. Now, what I want to talk to you about is I believe God wants to specifically strengthen uh, individuals, but us corporately for the weight that he wants to place upon us. Okay, we have a calling. And, and so it's not a small calling to become a portal of heaven on earth. And it's a similar calling to when God talked to us about becoming a beachhead for freedom. The, the pictures of the D-Day beaches. The D-Day beaches were hard fought for. And, and, and freedom was, 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 was re-established on continental Europe in June 1944. Freedom was re-established on the continent. And it was fought for. But it was no good just staying on the beach. Through that beachhead, all the resources... Literally all the resources for the liberation of a continent poured. And what we live in today is now a benefit of battles fought for many, many, fought many years ago. And that's what God's saying to us. He's that we're fighting to establish something through which the resources of heaven can be thrust out for a continent, not, not just this nation. And, um, and in order for that, the, 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 I love people having gifts of prophecy and healing and miracles and stuff like that. We celebrate those. But actually, what I want to say, without faithfulness, actually, it won't last. That's, that's the danger. Um, and so I want to talk to you about it. So, so if you turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Dave, you got Galatians chapter 5? And verse, we'll look at verse 22 down to 26. Fruit of the Spirit. Is love, joy, peace, forbearance, I think it means patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. The fruit of the Spirit, those, those nine, and forbearance is, is, is a, a good word. Patience would be another way of translating it. Those are characteristics of God. The fruit of the Spirit is not just something nice that we get to in, enjoy in life, being a bit more loving, a bit more peaceful, a bit more joyful, but the, the, the fruit of the Spirit is, 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 a, is a description of what we will bear in our lives, what the fruit that we have in our lives as we're grafted into him. So in, in Romans, it talks about that we're grafted into him, so we, we grow out of his rootstock. That, that's, that's, this is the image. That, that those things will grow in our lives as we're, we, as we're connected to him. These things won't grow in our lives in disconnection. These things grow in our lives as we're connected and as the Holy Spirit lives in us. It, it says in um, 
another version I was reading in, in the, the New Living Testament, it said, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Um, it's like walking by the Spirit. Let, let's follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And I, you know, Christianity is for every part of life. Now, um, if you're a visitor here today, we want to welcome you. You might say, hey, these, these folks are a little bit strange. They're quite lively and excited. Um, we are very excited. We're really excited by God because he's the source of life. Uh, and his life is amazing. And this is the sort of life that he, he offers to us. Um, and in, if you, can you bring up John chapter 7, verse 38, Dave? God is a, is a source of life, and he offers us the, the fruit of his tree. That's the image. And you can be grafted into his tree. And it says this, whoever believes in me, and that's, that's the key. Believing in Jesus is the key to being uh, born again, becoming part of his family. And belief is not just a, oh yeah, I believe, it's actually a commitment. And what you have seen today in baptism is people who truly believe in Jesus. And who are willing to say, this is my life. This is, this is not, just a, not just an idea. And what you, what you need to understand is all, all of those people have, have made a, 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 an individual decision. There's no mob sort of baptism going on here. These have made a serious decision to say, I've found Jesus, I've encountered him, I've discovered who he is, and I've chosen to follow him. That's amazing, isn't it? That's beautiful. So well done. Um, but this is the sort of life you can expect then. If you believe in him, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So I just want you to get this, this image of, it's, um, of a, literally a, a river flowing out of you. So imagine a river of joy flowing out of you. This is, this is the image. So you've got enough joy. It's, it's a river. How, how far can you spread your joy? It's, it's, it's limited. It's, 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 it's unlimited. This is why it talks about when um, Emily read it out. That, that, that joy. You know, the, the, it says that Jesus' joy in us might be complete. Well, his completeness is not just filled to the top of my head. It's actually flowing out to a, to a world around me. I've got enough joy in me to fill the planet. Literally. And we get the pleasure of doing that together. So what would it look like if you have a river of peace flowing from you? Imagine that. Can you imagine? What would it look like if you've got there's so much peace that it's just you can't contain it all? Well, you see, if you've got a river flowing through you, then actually as it's flowing out, then actually stuff like the worries of this world and anxiety don't get a chance to come in. Yeah? If you've got joy flowing out of you so much that actually misery doesn't get a chance to flow in because it's, you've got this... It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a misconception to think that being filled with the Spirit is getting filled up and then gradually getting drained down and then getting filled again because... While you're being drained, what's flooding into you? Not the good stuff. You know, so so I, my, my, this is my life. I don't go to God for peace when I need it. I live in continual peace. Now, if you live in continual peace, then actually anxiety is beaten. Now, what would it look like to create a region free of anxiety? My word. How productive would that be if people's minds weren't consumed with the worries of this life, but actually enabled to release not just the joy and peace of heaven, but the wisdom of heaven, the creativity of heaven? We would live in an amazing world. Would we not? This is what God's speaking to us about. When he says create a portal of heaven on earth, it's not just, a, it's not just so we have nice Christian meetings and Eastgate's a wonderful place to visit. But it's this life flowing, flowing through us. Um, so... What would it look like if you've got a river of love? How about gentleness? That's an interesting one. How gentle are you? 
it's one of those words you think, ooh, okay. But yeah, God's gentle. He's kind. Kindness. But he also says that God is faithful. And it tells us that elsewhere. It actually even says it's one of the verses that I find, uh, I don't know, so many verses in the Bible that I love, but it says this, even if we're faithless, he remains faithful. It says he remains faithful because he can't deny himself. He cannot deny his nature. He is faithful by nature. And so if I'm plugged into his nature, I will become faithful. Which means trustworthy. Are you trusted? Will the world trust you? Yeah, these, these are important questions. We, we've got somebody you know, um, doing uh, some work on the electrics in our house. And the reason we've chosen this person is, is because there's a trust that we can give to this person. Yeah? It's like when you, you, you're looking for... Anybody had this battle trying to find trustworthy sort of workers? Anybody, anybody ever had a bad experience of, of, of somebody comes to your house to do something? I'm looking at you, I remember, I remember sorry, I'm just thinking of your oven. <laughs> somebody came to fix their oven and broke it. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? Well, they need to fix it, it was to clean it. That's it. it came to clean the oven and, and broke it. Yeah, that's even worse, isn't it? So came to clean the oven and broke it. You think, well, how, how tricky is it to clean an oven? How do you break one? Well, uh, yeah, that guy didn't get invited back to clean the oven again. He didn't. Why? Because the, the Bible also says this. That it's, it's, it's really important. It's, it's, in, um, it's in Corinthians somewhere, and it's in my notes. I'll find it in a minute. It's he who's given a, a trust must prove faithful. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 4 verse 2. He who's given a trust must prove faithful. And I want to let you know, see, God entrusts you with things. He's entrusted you with life. Is that, <laughs> this, is, this is a bit mind-boggling. He's, he's even entrusted us with his mission on planet Earth. Wow. He, he, God, and it talks about, really, I've spoken to this from Ephesians. See, God has a dream of reconciling heaven and earth together. All things in heaven. That's his dream. Do you know who he's entrusted working that dream out to? You and me. That's a big trust, is it not? I want you to recognize, how big a trust has God given you? It's enormous. Okay, how much weight can you bear right now? So imagine this. Imagine imagine the healing center. You're part of the healing center team, you know, and all of a sudden we get this breakthrough and everybody who comes to the healing center with cancer gets instantly healed and word gets out there how busy are you going to get what's going to test you now so I want to take, take you to a passage okay it's in um, Luke chapter 16 Luke 16 and from verse 10 Onwards. There we go. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No one can serve two masters 
Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. And we go, you cannot serve both God and money. <clears throat> now, I'm kind of looking about this, and, and this, is, this is really important, and you need, need to hear me right on this. God will test you because he wants to put more weight upon you. <laughs> it's all going off today, aren't it? Put them on silent. If you put them on silent, it's a really good idea, just to let you know, a little hint. Um, you can still have them on vibrate if you need to know if you're getting that urgent text coming through that you can't miss until the end of the meeting. But it's, it's <laughs> you probably could miss it, but um, see, wouldn't it be a tragedy if, 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 if actually in your life? the plans that there wasn't the strength to carry the weight that God wants to put upon you and God, God will test you and one thing I found in my life is, is there's nothing that tests your heart and motivations like money there's, there is nothing else like it to test what you're devoted to and what you trust okay what, what do you trust to sort your life out? Who do you trust to sort your life out? How many body, anybody got any financial needs at the moment? Yep. Can we meet a few of those? Okay. Um, I remember a few years ago, a good few years ago, it's when our children were, were young, and we just bought a house, mortgage was using pretty much most of our income. We had enough to get by, and we, we were getting by. We didn't have any spare, but we were okay. Um, but we had things we, we would have liked to do, you know, for the house, and we had a pretty beat-up car, things like this, and, and there, there, was, there were things that would, you know, we could have spent a bit of money on. Um, and, um, and my great-aunt died. And my great-aunt was quite close to us, um, didn't have any children of her own, and uh, she used to visit, so, you know, when she died, in my mind, I thought, well, we might inherit a little bit of money. You know, didn't think much. And uh, seriously, she was a lovely lady, and I, I loved her to bits. And, uh, and you know, I was sad at her, di- uh, her, her dying. But, you know, the, the oppos- opportunity of inheriting money, that's an interesting... <laughs> that's an interesting test as well, you know? Anyway, so I thought, you know, and in my mind, I thought, well, a thousand pounds would be really handy. Thousand pounds. So I'd already started to think, what would we do with a thousand pounds? We could spend it like this, we could spend it like that. Oh, okay. And I settled that in my mind, and um, I think I talked to Kim about it as well. And uh, so when, when it came round and, and her will was read, we actually had inherited some money. Now, what we, <laughs> we actually inherited seven thousand pounds. I'm going, woohoo! One thousand pounds, that was, that was sorted. Now, what we then made us do was we said, well, how are we going to spend £7,000? Which made us think broader, because all of a sudden the opportunities were, were larger. We weren't just sort of getting by. We, we actually had an opportunity with money, which we didn't expect. It was more than we'd anticipated. It never had £7,000 to spend before, so what did you do with it? Well, we started to come up with all sorts of ideas. And we totaled up our ideas, and it came to about £20,000. It was, it was fascinating. And what I found myself, I said, oh man, I've only got £7,000. <laughs> it, was, it was really interesting. I, I thought, well, you know, and I started thinking, well, I've only got £7,000. I could do with more. And it, it's a shame that's not £20,000. You see, do you understand? It tested my heart big time because the money is an opportunity both ways around. 
So I thought, well, I know the first thing I need to do with this, to nail this on the... Because I know what I need to do with my money. My money needs to serve God. And, and I serve God. I use my money to serve God. So we decided. First thing, we tithe it. Got to be out there first. <coughs> and then we spent it. And we actually, you know what? We were content. And we gave some away. And, you know, but I, I just wanted to let you know. And, and this, this will happen time and time again. Because money will always be a feature of your life. If you haven't got enough, or if you've got plenty. And I've read, there's a book um, I read years ago called, uh, I can't remember what it's called now. It's a good book, anyway, it's about money. <laughs> <coughs> It'll come back to me, and somebody, somebody, when I make the quote, somebody will tell me what it was, because it's a well-known book. It says that, that 90% of Christians uh, pass the test of adversity. But about 90% of them failed the test of prosperity. And it's something you really do have to settle because you can't serve the two. The Bible's quite, because where does your trust rest? So imagine this if you've not settled this in your heart and mind, and there's, 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 a, there's a desire for riches, and the Bible says a desire for riches is a path uh, uh, with many griefs upon it. And I think most of us would know that actually being rich doesn't guarantee happiness. You don't have to look at rock stars and film stars and other people that multiple divorces, family breakups, stuff like that. Um, so God wants to, to, and He will allow this test to come to your life because He wants to put weight. Because the Bible also says, if you look at this, um, it's in 1 Peter 1 verse 7. 1 Peter 1 verse 7. Yeah, it says that these, it talks about these, it's referring back to trials. These trials, this is too difficult, these trials have come so that your proven genuineness of your faith, the proven genuineness, that means that your faith is actually joining, of greater worth than what? Gold. Which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. See, what I want you to know is your faith is actually worth more than gold. Because money is simply uh, a resource that you can get on earth. And God is willing to, to, to entrust it to you. But not if you're going to put your trust in it. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't mean to say he's going to make you poor. Either, but but <clears throat> um, Because God wants to give you resources that aren't limited by earth. That's what he wants your faith to grow. Now, one of the keys to that is when you, you, you're given a test, it's, it's your faithfulness that's being tested. Does that make sense? What you do with money. What do you do with your time? Another resource. How generous are you in these, these aspects of life? Time is, is, is a commodity that is vitally important. How do, we, how do we serve God? How do we love God? How do we serve one another? How do we love one another as we're on a mission? And so... God wants you to have something that's worth more than gold. So, I want you to imagine praying for Kath Sweetman. And her, her hearing gets completely restored. And stays that way. See, you can't buy that. You can't get that. 
think I've told you before, I remember years ago praying for a lady who was profoundly deaf. She had young children. She woke up the next morning hearing her baby cry for the first time. You can't buy that. Praying for a lady whose who's, one eye is, is opaque and completely blind and watch it open up in front of my eyes so that she can see again. You can't buy that. Praying for a baby, 18 months old, who's just died. And seeing her come back to life and giving her back to her mother. You see, these are memories that I couldn't, I can't buy those. A man who was raised from the dead here in the UK, given back to his family. Coming out of his unconscious state on Christmas Eve, mouthing to his wife, I love you. And his kids going to visit him for Christmas because they just got their dad back. See, God wants to entrust you with these riches of heaven. He really does. <clears throat> but imagine that everybody you pray for gets healed and some rich sheikh and somewhere in the Middle East says, hey, I want that. He says, I'll fly you over on my private jet. I'll put you up in the best hotel. I'll pay you £100,000. If you just come and pray for my mother who's got cancer. See, would you be tempted? You would. Let's be honest about it. You would. <laughs> no, 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 not me. No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm miles too holy for that. No, no, you would. Let, let, let's be honest with ourselves. I would. I would. But it's, just understand, if, if, if that's more valuable to you so you could you could become healing for hire I'm serious I'm serious it's, it's it, but you see healing for hire doesn't flow out of heaven healing's price has already been paid by one man once and for all Jesus paid that price. So it's freely receive, freely you give. This is, the, this is how Christianity works. We've been given all we have by his grace. We therefore need to give it by grace. But money is very alluring. And it's very tempting. And it's the area that we all have to handle. None of, there's not one of us who doesn't have the opportunity to be faithful with money. Yeah? Not one. So turn to Malachi chapter 3. Do you know following Jesus costs you? You have to give up one life to have another life. If you're a visitor here and you don't know Jesus, we say he's the best. He really is amazing. All these stories, you can, you can sort of be a spectator and watch them, or you can say, actually, I want to be in. But in order to be in, the Bible says you have to be born again. You have to give up one life have another. That's what baptism's about. Baptism symbolizes burial, resurrection. And Jesus said this, unless, unless you are born again, you can't see the kingdom of heaven. You, you, can, you can experience it, but you can't demonstrate it through your life on a regular basis. Now look at this. Malachi says this, 
3, verses Malachi 3, verse 8 to 10. Is it coming up? It will. You're doing a great job up the back there, Dave. Thank you. Dave Doslin does a magnificent job. Will a mere mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. Rob me. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening on the tape, it just comes up funny on the. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. God basically put uh, instructions in place of one of the ways that we trust him and make sure that we trust him above all else. And I like to say this, everybody tithes. It's just a matter of who you give your first 10% to. And this is a principle that's that's there in the Bible from before the law was, was formed, actually commended by Jesus, the giving of our earthly wealth, a proportion of it to God. And it's not that God needs it. He doesn't. He really doesn't. And it's not that the church sort of has to have it. But actually what God wants is, 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 is money poured into the storehouse, which the storehouse, in my understanding, is, is, is the, the, the local church family you're part of. This is where you get your... This is the store that you, you're pulling from, okay? If you're a visitor here, this is not your storehouse. Your tithe belongs in your church. Don't belong to a church? Join one. Sort but, but this understand now. But I want you to look at this. See, God wants that. It goes on. Now, this is where God says, "Okay, test me in this." Says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. How many of you fancy that last bit? How many of you would fancy this place, Eastgate, becoming a place where there is so much blessing it just can't, it just can't flood out because there's just not enough room? Which is why we're building an annex. It's why we. <laughs> That's why we're going to two meetings. It, do you understand? There is so much going on here. This, the, the, we, it's, it literally becomes uncontainable. So, so that's why we need second morning meeting. This is why we're building the annexes. And do you want to know how much money we got in the offerings? Some of you already know. I've got it written down here. So I want to celebrate your faithfulness. The, the annex offering was £51,426. Good. Thank you. I was, the first thing I would say, I'm celebrating your faithfulness. Eastgate is a testimony to God's faithfulness and the faithfulness of people. And the expansion of it will be the same. As we give our all to serve him. But I, I, I choose, and it, let me say, I, I can tell you more about this, but if, you, if you're not giving regularly, then start and trust God. Just watch. I've seen, I've repeatedly done this throughout many, 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 many years of life. I said, start doing it, it will work. Because God is faithful. So that's what you're doing there. Is God faithful? Will you trust him? Will you put it to the test? And that's a reality of what you can do. It really is. And the Bible says, give in proportion. My time's running out in a minute. Just to say, I started tithing when I earned 30 pounds a week. So that's easy, three pounds there. Divided by ten is easy. God's made it very easy for you. Just take a naught off and that's it. <laughs> if, if it was seven percent, you might get confused with the mass. You have a good reason, but it's ten percent. It's very easy, just very straightforward. Just take a naught off and that's the job. None of you should struggle with that as a mass. Okay. <clears throat> when our children first started having pocket money, we made sure we gave it to them in multiples of ten. Seriously. 
So David and Kerry, they both started with 20 pence pocket money. And we used to give it to them, making sure that when they got it, there was a two, a two pence coin. And the first thing they did with their money was put the two pence in the I Love Jesus jar. And when we had offerings, they used to come and they used to empty their jar into the offerings because I wanted them to participate in building this church that you call Eastgate. They've done it since they were little kids, starting with 2P. And David still does it to this day. Kerry ties where she is because they've learned that God is faithful. He passed the test. He really did pass the test because he is faithful. And we kept called into his faithfulness and his mission.